good morning. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast on a sunny Tuesday in Tucson, Arizona at Exo Coffee. Uh, Eric and I just recorded this episode, and we think it's uh, we think it's pretty good. Gets a little uh, it's a little heavy toward the end there. I'm it I'm a does. little uncomfortable with it, but Eric's pretty happy about it. Yeah, I'm grinning today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of you know I've had two smiles. cups of coffee. And I earlier played basketball with a seven-year-old. What? Yeah. Man. Well, and he was, he was just, he's like an encyclopedia of sports knowledge at seven. And so he's hilarious. So Eric, Eric's coming in all, all energized. And, yeah. And so watch out. So uh, anyway, we, we hope you enjoy the, this episode, uh, episode 31. 31. We can say it with confidence. We can say it with confidence. This is episode 31. So thanks for joining us. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name's Eric Seepin, and I am pastor of the Village Church, and I am sitting here with Andy Littleton, which, by the way, Littleton, like, where does that name come from? Does it have, like, some roots in British Europe? British Isles. It's British Isles. I would tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it means little town. Little town. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're the pastor of Mission Church, and Mission Church is kind of interesting in that it is a merger of Midtown Church and Epicenter, mm-hmm. and so it has some age to it, and yet you can legitimately say your church is young, barely yeah. over a year, or have you guys hit two years now? Uh, we're barely over a year old as a merged church. Yeah, so you're young, and yet you're old. Like, you have some yeah. little bit of age. You're like a good beer, or a good... That's young mom. and yeah. old. Young like, and it old, sat like, in a vat for a while, and then it got re-bottled, and yeah. it just went out on shelves. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's kind of a little bit uh, uh, well that handcrafted, mm. but with some experience. I see. You mm. made a lot of the mistakes before you had to start mission church, and we're still making them. Oh, of course. Yeah, but they're new ones that are they're more mature mistakes. <laughs> mature mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> like the mistakes parents make. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. You, you got you got the married thing. Like, got married, figured out how to you know which side of the bed you're going to sleep on. Yeah. What kind of decorations you both can handle, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, are you supposed to have all that figured out at this point? Do you have that figured out? Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, we've got We've got to that point we just out. don't care. Yeah, that's, that's probably where it's at. We're not, we're not quite there yet. We, yeah, anyway, hey, that reminds me to say, because when you mentioned this uh, craft handcrafted beer stuff, we're, we're sitting up above a really great coffee shop and a really great um, little bar here in town. Yeah. Tap and Bottle. Tap, wait, so this is Tap and Bottle is in here? Oh, it's just right next door. Oh, it's next it's door. like right to my left. To your left. But um, for those of you who are listening, we're in Tucson, Arizona. We're at a little coffee shop called Exo. They serve a delicious breakfast. They let us set up in their loft so we get to go out to breakfast and not have as much microphone noise as we had two weeks ago on yes. our podcast yes. when we went somewhere else. Um, but they, they make great food and great coffee. Thanks to Exo for letting us be here. Um, it's the morning. I'm not ready to have a beer yet. Um, 
Well, yeah, we would have to have a different kind of podcast if you were having a beer this morning. Yeah, the kind where you intervened in yes. my life in front of everybody. Yes. Yeah, but um, but tapping bottles great too. Uh, everybody, you know, should try it out unless you have a drinking problem. In which case, don't go. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, here we are, and. Um, Eric, uh, you know, I was looking forward to seeing you about 40 minutes ago. I know. I was running behind. <laughs> yeah. And this might be a, a slightly shorter podcast because I will have to run. You were running behind. I will have to run. What time is your appointment? Well, I've got to drop off my car at the body shop. Oh. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Caliber Collision on the east side. Oh, cool. Maybe we can get them to be a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They could sponsor. They got mentioned here. Um so yeah, I'll have to run and do that because I got rear-ended before church two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's cool. I mean, I'm here. You're I'm here. Right. You're, yeah, I don't have whiplash. A uh, little bit. A little bit. But it wasn't. I, uh, hopefully not too bad. Okay. Yeah, but there was there was a whip. Watch me whip. Watch me nay nay. Yeah. Um, you know, all in the seatbelt. All in the seatbelt. Yeah. So. uh... Anyway, did you catch that cultural reference? I no, I, I didn't. Oh, I, I, this, I'm, this shows I'm how old, old your kids are. Yeah. How old are your kids are? Well, my oldest is 16, and my youngest is about to turn 13 this year, so I'm going to have two teenagers. Well, so you, you're not out of the realm of the whip nanny. Well, but my kids are pretty sheltered when it comes to all of that. Okay. I try, we've worked hard to keep To them. shelter them from the types of things you would have listened to as a child? Well, they, they, yeah, their musical tastes are extremely alternative. Ah. So, yeah, further down the road even than mine were. So. Really? Yeah, they grew up listening to Linkin Park and Nirvana and, you know, Soundgarden. And so they've pushed past that even to obscure groups that I don't even know about and have to kind of catch up on and listen to to make sure that we're... Which, which today with all the... The streaming, you can discover obscurity. Yes. Like for me, I used to go to the great record store in Tucson, Arizona, Zia Records. Zia. Oh yeah. There's one left. I love Zia. Yeah. Um, I used to love Zia. There's one. There's one left. I haven't been in it for a while, which is sad. But my buddy and I used to go in there, and I would just scan through the CDs and look for an interesting cover, and then hope it was decent. I'd buy it. Yeah. And um, that's how I found obscure music, some of which I never listened to again. But, hmm. I mean, but now you Excuse can me, go on YouTube. Sandwich is delicious. It is. Yeah, you, now you go on YouTube, and it and it just starts feeding you more songs after you listen to one, and it just keeps coming. And right, and you can find people who nobody knows about yep. who do covers of songs, and they do them better than the artists who sat. Yeah. And wrote them and crafted them and put them together. There's there's a lot of good musicians who have an opportunity to just go out there and sing, and you know sometimes yeah. they get known, but sometimes it's just enjoyable to see the yeah. variety of things. My daughter will reference people that are on TV, and she'll go, "Oh, she was a YouTuber or something." You know, like that's how she got discovered. Anyway, yeah, that's very different. Do you think there are any pastors getting discovered on YouTube? Right. Well, I mean, I think at the beginning of the this whole podcast thing I talked about the bandana pastor ref- when I was recognized in California at a church as the bandana pastor you're well, not wearing YouTube. a bandana today I have yeah I haven't worn them a lot I've started pulling my hair back in a ponytail yeah 
Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Just trying to get some more sun on the scalp? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vitamin D. Well, somebody at church told me it, it, it kind of helps me look a little older and a little uh, more kind of aged. <laughs> aged? Yeah, the bandana, you know. I'm 45 wearing a bandana preaching on Sunday. If you put it, yeah. That was your thing, though. It still is. I still it wear still my is. bandana. Yeah. That's, no, it's, it, yeah, don't ever a bandana that. I won't abandon that. The problem is, as I've aged, my hair is actually thinning out. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, it was like really, I mean, it was dreaded and big and had a lot of volume to it. So putting it in a bandana was easier. Uh huh. So, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you got volume. Yeah. Did, you ever, did you ever go volume. to, uh, I mean, did you ever get like curl activator? I didn't need it. You didn't need it? No. 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 <laughs> I had lots of tight curls. Yeah. Did you did you ever go to uh, hair product stores of which in which there were not so many white people? Uh, no, I um, I would get some advice sometimes, but what would be really interesting is wandering in the mall when I was in my mid twenties. Uh-huh. Is that African American women would stop me at least once a week and yeah. say, "Oh my gosh, your hair is so great! I love your hair!" And I'm like, "Oh, wow!" Because it was it was it was good hair in those days. Now it's like, eh, whatever. Okay, but, you know. That's it was Eric and his hair. Eric and his hair. That's what I had. I once had somebody ask me if I was that guy who played an Encino man. I don't know. That's way too... Uh, Do you remember that movie? That's that's way too, like, I don't know, alternative for me. Yeah. Oh, Encino man. Who was in that? Uh, I don't know. It was the guy who played in The Mummy. Oh. I don't know. Who's that, Nicolas Cage? No, probably. <laughs> no, Nicolas Cage is losing his hair. It's just like, yeah. That's, anyway, let's move on. Anyway. I, I heard you say that you want to talk about the life of a pastor. Well, yeah, like I think we are right now. So, you uh, know, yeah. here's what I here's what I like about our podcast. If I could just say why yeah. I like our podcast. I like our podcast. I do, too. Um, and I like it because I've listened to other ones. And... Um, and you get the impression sometimes that these people are just like, you know, all they do is just talk. They're just like, just always talking about the Bible constantly. And that's good. You know, that's good. But even talking to you right now, it's like there's so much more to like who we are as people sure, that, that sure. like, I mean, we're not just Bible encyclopedias, you know? And so, <laughs> I mean, <You're> right. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, one thing I like about our podcast is, hey, we're pastors, and, um, you know, we do the whip nene on the weekend. At least yeah, I so do. tell me about the whip nene. Where, where does that come from? I'm, I'm culturally a, ignorant it, on it's this. It's a song part. and a dance. I just went to a father-daughter dance with uh, my daughter, and uh, this is this song is played every year at the father-daughter dance, every single time. Um, that's, yeah. that's really interesting that you would go to a father-daughter dance, because my daughter... Would not be caught dead at a father daughter dance. Oh, really? She yeah. would. She would say, oh, "Are we going to go out at any age?" And she would yeah. be like, "No, no, no. Let's go out on a date by ourselves. Like we are not going around. Yeah, and we're. And I, I'll hang out with you. I'd rather do that than go on a <laughs> dance anywhere with anyone." <laughs> so my daughter and I have done father daughter dance of some form every single year of her life. So it's your tradition. It's a tradition. So she's she like it's in her psyche and yeah. ethos. Yes. It's, it's built in. And then now where we're at is because, you know, she's about to go into middle school. So all of her friends are hanging out and her her struggle is like she wants to go and just like run around with her friends and I'm going, Hey sweetie, remember you and I are here to dance. Yeah. She, and she's like 
oh that's right you know <laughs> and then we had this whole thing where like she was like can you just go talk to some of the other dads while I hang out with my friends and I actually was like no I I set aside this night for you not for some random dads I set aside to be with you and she got like sad and like felt some guilt for like not recognizing that herself and it was an interesting discussion um but but it was good and you don't get that unless you spend time but yeah no you don't but for us yeah like going out being around anytime i'm like hey abby i want to spend some time with you she's like can we bring people ah so you have an extroverted i girl. have an extroverted child i my youngest is also the extroverted kid yeah he wants yeah. to know what we're doing and who we're going to do who it with. Who is going to be there. And then who we can have over after that's over. Yeah. Like, with the next, yeah. like who's coming over next? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, at least you're a good pastor's child because people are around all the time and you like people. Whereas my daughter, happen. she's like, I'm overstimulated. I'm going into my room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, which is more maybe my wife in our, in our world. But, yeah, that's... Uh, it's interesting, and I'm I'm kind of the same way. But it's funny. We'll be on our way to church, and my daughter's like, "Who's going to be there? Like, are Brandy and Kira going to be there? I'm like, I don't know. What about Andrew and Sarah? I don't know. No, that's how what about old, Nick and Hannah? How old is your know. daughter? Uh, she is going on eleven. All right, and my son is twelve. Mm-hmm. So right here now, like maybe we could arrange something. Arrange the marriage because they are just alike. Yeah, they really? would just be out there. Hanging out with everybody Just all the time. Just it up constantly. It up constantly. <laughs> hey, there you go. I mean, but I don't arranged marriages usually come with a bride price. I mean, I'm I do willing, have the daughter here. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm <laughs> definitely willing. To have somebody who'd be willing to hang out with my son and talk all the time and hang out oh. with friends all the time and, oh, they and goof get, off they would and, do it. and have fun, oh, I, yeah. I'm willing to pay the price. You just start working that out with your, okay. you know, your side and then we can bring that maybe as the podcast goes over the next, you know, 10 years. We can see if this kind of works out. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds like a plan to me. Man. <laughs> so, so you, uh, we were going to talk about, you know, the life of a pastor to some degree. Yeah. And I was kind of curious. I think you and I, our churches are different. They're smaller. Um, maybe they're not. The, the other pastors that are podcasting might have a different life than we have. Um, but then there's some similarities. Like you just, the phone was just buzzing now. And we were just, we both had to like put our phones a couple feet away from us. Yes. So there's, there's elements of feeling the need to be there for people, things like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Give me some, some characteristics of, of well, what, what it's like. I, I think I'm an even in, different than you. Like I live at a community house and have for yeah. almost 20 years. So yeah, like, yeah, that, that's, I just live with a ton of people as it is. And people, you know, so people are in and out of my house where that's you kind of live in community in the sense that you live in a neighborhood where there's a number of couples. I also have people who live across the street to go to my church. Yeah. So there's, there's just people all the time. Yeah. I, I have people all the time. And one of the things, last night we were in a leadership meeting, and I was like, okay, like, what is it? If they're just like, what's the one thing that you're really excited about when you think about the village? And one leader was like, well, we have very accessible pastors. And you were like... Yeah, no kidding. You know, I'm here. I'm here in the middle of the night. <laughs> exactly. That's funny because we had we had a leadership meeting or elders meeting in our case, 
because we call our your leadership meeting probably some other name, doesn't it? No, like the it's actually a straight up leadership meeting. Up it's leadership. combined what what they were calling the CRC a council meeting. Yeah, because it's the Not elders the and the uh, deacons basically yeah. together. We don't call we we just have village elders and village leaders. Um, so you don't or call village it, ministers. You don't call it like the mud bath or something. Or? No, I mean the Greek word. Dulos is like you know servant Servants. or minister. I mean, it's where we get the word minister. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so I yeah I had elders meeting last night, and so it's an interesting thing with that sort of stuff and counseling and, and things like this, where people have jobs, right? Like our people tend to work Monday through Friday, and I don't know about you, but I kind of do too. Um, I actually. You know, we've talked about this before, but I, I own a, a little furniture building shop, so we there's that. But then people are always needing to get together at night and on the weekends. Right. How do you deal with that? What do you do with all that? How do you deal with it? Right, because there's a lot of stuff to get done in the morning, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff to get done in the evening. Well, I don't do any counseling in the evening. Yeah. Uh, except for emergency things. Yeah. Uh, so I try so to arrange like to things at the four o'clock, four thirty yeah. to six, but I want to be home for dinner. Yeah. So yeah, I make people hit that. Or I mean, there have been times where I'm like, okay, well, then I will meet you at eight or eight thirty once my kids are in bed or kind of we've spent time and then they're yeah. kind of headed into that bedtime process. But this, but this is still very different than most people's jobs. Yes. Yeah. And because, you know, you've got all the administrative stuff that you do because you can't afford, even when you have kind of an administrative assistant, you can't afford a real administrative assistant in the sense of managing people and making, you know, you don't go to her and say, hey, I need you to schedule these appointments for me. You're going to take all my phone calls. Yeah, and you take my phone calls and then you can be the gatekeeper for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's, that's right. not that. So you're taking phone calls. Like, I get calls in the middle of counseling because somebody, you know, blew a tire and they're stuck and they can't get a hold of anybody. You yeah. Know? And, but you're accessible because they know you're around. So what kind of weird stuff, just because of who you are, do you get calls about that, like, blown tire? Like, that's, who, who's thinking, like, hey, I'm going to call my pastor for a blown tire? <laughs> like, this is where our churches are different. Like, I get a certain set of calls. What calls do you get that are outside of the normal scope um well or how about people taking uber to my house because they lock their keys in their car and i can't think of anywhere else to go so they take the uber to your house to my house like my, that i'm does like not happen even if they have a series of friends that are close the first person they think about is me yeah you know or you know and rod yeah depending on the side of town we're like these little you know a lot less of that's happened in the last five years as our church has increased its leadership and its eldership yeah so i'll often now find out about a series of events that happened that i was not part of at all so Um, so so i get i get the call like how do i install my ceiling fan (laughs) i yes i get calls for doctor recommendations We get that, too, mostly because my wife's a nurse, so it's health questions, um, anything to do with fixing anything. Yes. Like, the fact that, I mean, I took auto shop, I tend to maybe every once in a while work on my own car, so somebody's like, you know, something's going on with their vehicle, they're like, oh, Andy might know, or Andy could sell my car. Um, For 
for me potentially or or would know how to do that's that. That's interesting because I mean we have a mechanic in our church but if I were to think about selling my car I would probably call yeah. you. There's just something about <laughs> you that I feel like maybe it's because you Instagram car pictures. I did that. Yeah, so I'm I like, only got halfway through my exactly. my list. Yeah, and then so I mean, got to get back to that. That's a neat like yeah. Maybe you should post them on Faith Over Breakfast. Maybe with, I should. So that we could kind of get that sense of like how many cars you really own. Maybe when we do a clergy and cars getting coffee, we should just go find all my old cars and drive people around. So my my old truck was put, a buddy of mine posted on Facebook. Somebody at his work has it. Oh wow! My old truck and it looks about the same. Nice. It's a very recognizable truck. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. This is like last week. He's hilarious. just like, is this yours? And he showed me a picture, you know, put it on Facebook. Uh, yes, that's my old truck. So maybe we could we could get that and take people for rides and talk. I, I really do want to, I want to talk to other pastors about their lives. Because I think that there's, um, I think there's a certain, there used to be a mystique. There used to be this thing of like, these are better people or they're more devout. Um, and, you know, hopefully there's a certain level of dedication to a pastor. I, I'm not denying that. But, I mean, these are, all pe- these are people that have hobbies. These are people who have issues. These are people who have fears. These are people who are very normal. Yes. And I would love to keep having those discussions about how, you know, because, you know, I think, I think in an age where people are distrusting spiritual authority, it'd be helpful to know that the people who are trying to teach you about the grace of God um, are, are normal folks who need the grace of God. Yes. And, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think as pastors, there's always like two streams, at least my experience. One stream is the people who, who really see it as a job. Yeah. Yeah, and there are those. And It's and like the, clock in, clock out. Yes. I remember going to school with a guy who was getting out of the corporate world, and he's like, yeah, I just think this is a really good career move for me. And I could not relate. Right. I didn't know. I was like, career move? And, and I think some of those are, are built around like a less relational model of being pastor. Yeah, yeah, this guy's gonna, he's gonna show up, clock in, prepare gonna a sermon. Prepare clock. a sermon, do his set scheduled counseling, yeah. and lead his one, his leadership teams or whatever he, yeah. like, it's, it's a structure a certain way. Whereas another stream is people who are just all out, sold out to being in vocational ministry for their life. Yeah. They, they wanna die doing their own funeral. Right. And even if they don't have a job, they're, in it, they would yes. still sort of do it. Yes, they would still be doing it. Yeah, Some, like if somebody calls them and says, can you meet up, they're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's more, I would assume, you and I. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're, yeah. Like if you, if the village came to you and said, Eric, um, unbelievable, all the money's gone, would you be like, well, then I'm not going to invest spiritually in any of you folks. I'm going to go, uh, I'm just going to go get a job in an office. Yes. No. No. <laughs> no. Right. I mean, I, I, would, I would. We would rearrange it. You'd figure it out, right? Yeah. You'd. You would still pastor these. Yeah. Times. Me too. I mean, I might. Yeah. Do it in a different way, or yeah, more collectively, or. Whatever. But you'd still be leading that. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. it's. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I almost feel like it's it's what I want to do, but it's all it feels like kind of what I have to do. It's not in a like a guilt way, but it's like this is like what I'm. This is like why I'm here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I remember, and I tell the story a lot, but just 
few years ago, I was sitting around with people at our church, and one of the guys was like, Eric, I just want to go hang out with you. Uh, and, and then just as friends, like, we'll just be yeah. friends. And then one of the other guys just started laughing. He's like, all Eric is going to talk to you about is two things. He's going to talk to you about God and his church. And that, that is what he does. That's, that's what, who If he you're is. Eric's friend, that's, that's what you get. That's what you get. So, like, you, it's you not know. like Eric walks away and it's all of a sudden just just like, hey, let's play fantasy football and right. i got nothing else on my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty much like my family, God, my church, and board gaming. Board games. Are pretty much all I'm going to talk to you about. Because yeah. that's what I, I like. That's what I love. You know, and that's what I want to be part of. And I found the older I get, the narrower I need to be just so that I can yeah. know, enjoy those things because yeah, there's just so much in the world. So, yeah. Somebody was asking me the other day because it's, it's really busy. We're working on this building that we bought. Um, we're, we're doing a ton of I saw some of those of pictures. Stuff. Wow. Yeah, it it's, looks like apocalyptic in it there does. right now, doesn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we, it's getting torn up and uh, hopefully put back together real soon. But we're working on all that and it's kind of crazy and somebody's like so are you okay you know there's a lot going on and the truth is I love taking old things and fixing them and I love like doing church work and so this it's busy and it's a bit much and this probably wouldn't be a healthy pace for the long term but it's actually doing things I love like with all that going on like I wouldn't go home and it's there's like workaholism where it's like I don't want to go home so I'm going to stay home and work because I'm unsure of what to do at home or something like that but for me like to just go like sit and put on a TV show or something I mean I could do a little bit of that but I think I it's like I'd want to be engaged in it. like it's exciting it's fun yeah it's what I want to be a part of I don't know you know if that if you ever relate to that but but anyway, I have to. My struggle is to like go. Okay, I need to sometimes unplug from this, just because it's good to step away and it's good to do something. Right, and I think the hard part is I don't know. Maybe I sh- I'll ask you this question: How how do you work the church family balance? Because you have a kid and your wife, and and the, yeah. they are the primary thing. Yeah. They have to be cared for and tended to long before your church is cared for and tended to. Yeah, and yet they're all integrated. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It is all. It's it's integrated. Um, you know, and I, I don't know if I've if I've figured out the right balance. I mean, it, sometimes it might feel balanced to me, but to my wife, it does not. Um, like I kind of alluded to, she's more introverted, um, and so like a way that like for me, a really relaxing thing would be to have like five friends over and sit around the fire pit and chat. That's to her that's like no please no um you know she would rather really rather just sit in a room and you know and you know have a conversation or just watch something funny on television or um is she a is she a tea drinker she drinks tea yeah Yeah. so yeah tea drink some tea yes i feel like introverts tend to be tea Tea drinkers yes i just i just think there's like a it's a soothing thing that they like to do. Yeah. Like, we're coffee people. We like... We're like, move it. Let's get our coffee. Let's drink this thing. Let's go. And tea people are like, nah, I just want to sit here and drink my tea. And yeah, almost, almost every night she says, this routine happens over and over. Like, you're sitting down, 
lately we've been watching comedians in cars yeah, getting my coffee. Favorite, yes. yeah, we just finished the entire same thing. There's none left for us. Yeah, well, that's it's probably good. We're sneaking up. We, we watch a couple a night, it seems, right now. But we'll sit down, and she's in the kitchen. I start watching. She gets up, goes in the kitchen. She's figuring something out. And she goes, do you want some tea? I say, no. And every time. But, but yeah, every once in a while, there's like once a year, I'm just like, sure, I'll take tea. But maybe once a year. Just Otherwise, to keep, I'm like... to keep the routine going. So to keep just to kind of, or, or to throw her off a little bit. <laughs> or but, you know, like what I'm thinking in my mind is what I want is a piece of cake. At any given time. Like, if you ever ask, like right now, if you were to say, Andy, would you like some cake? The answer is yes, I do. I would like that. Andy, I should not have that, but I would like that. Andy is a cake man. Oh, my gosh. So, speaking of cake, Raising Sage yeah. has that Guinness, that Guinness cake, if you have that there. No. Okay, you need to go have that. Guinness cake. Beer cake. Oh, it is the best cake okay. ever. Uh, I, sure. Great. I, You're any a cake, cake man. Any cake is good. Maybe we could podcast from Raging Sage one time. And, and, and just eat cake? And eat cake. Okay. <laughs> so down with that? That sounds great. Anyway, so, yeah. so your wife asked you for tea, you're watching it, it's She's more introverted, taking care of hers. Yeah, but then, so then there is a weird thing where when I am watching a show, I want to watch that show. I want to know what is being said. I want to follow from the beginning to the end. My wife will do other things during the show and then will want me to explain the show to her in the middle of the show during the dialogue. Okay, my wife hasn't got to the explaining part. Yeah. But she definitely wants to sit and do other things while yeah. we watch the show. Yeah. And and yeah, and are you more the I actually want to watch the show? Oh yeah. yeah. I wanna I wanna kinda dig into what's happening and the nuances of all yeah. that's happening. Oh yeah, same here. We'll go to a movie and the opening scene will open up, there'll be like an explosion, and mm-hmm. she'll say, Why did that explode? I don't know. It just started. And I want, and maybe we're about to find out. I think we're supposed to be. Yeah, my wife often will be like, "I didn't understand what's going on halfway through the movie. I was just confused." I'm like, like, uh, "You were writing a letter to somebody." Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, so with all that said, have I figured out the the work? home balance. No, I don't no, know. No, I haven't even figured out our personalities yet. Right. Your, your and, wife is a mystery that you're unraveling for and, the rest of your life. And I am a mystery to her. And yes. she's, she's like, why Why do you? Why would you want to just look at this, like, listen so intently when you could be potentially sending an email and then finding out what happened later, you know? And yeah. To her, I'm, I'm the utter mystery. Um, so, I don't know. And it's, it's, it's weird for us because she... Um, she's a nurse and so there's certain nights of the week actually I was really accustomed to her working three nights a week or um, into the night she would get off at 8.30 or 9 so those were actually really great evenings for me to do counseling with somebody and then I would try not to do it on other nights but I got kind of used to that and then she now she's only working two nights a week and one of them has been Saturday most of the time and that's been kind of different that's been for me because then I'm going uh oh I can't schedule that stuff so yeah it's uh yeah every time something changes kind of trying to figure that out but I um 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm particularly good at. I don't think I'm good at balancing like time with friends. I don't think I'm great. I don't think I've ever been good at that. Hmm. Like I wouldn't say that's just me as a pastor. I think that's like I'll see my friends very sporadically, like here and there, and uh, and the people that I tend to be good friends with are the ones that that's okay. Um, people who tend to, to be like I want them to like think about me all the time and check in with me I think they go they become friends with somebody else right like like my closest friends like one of them I didn't talk to for like a year and then we got on the phone and we were just like hey what's up you know how's it going and we were both fine with that interesting yeah yeah I don't I don't closest friends like I, I have a hard time understanding after 18 years in ministry what a friend is hmm yeah um because I've walked through life with so many people and through the painful times and the joyful times and I'm the pastor but I'm also the friend and yeah. I'm also it's like it's complicated especially it in a communal like very high relationship church yeah where you're all kind of in the same mud together and the same mission and especially I think in churches that are highly discipleship oriented in yeah. the sense of you know we're, when you're discipleship oriented, you have a mission together, and that mission becomes a huge defining point of your life. Even if you have another job, like yeah, the mission of your community oh, yeah. is, you know, high priority. So huge piece. Yeah. Do you um, would you say in those relationships that the that they are balanced, as in like your input into the other person is matched by their input into you? Uh, and I, I think that varies Depends, from yeah. person to person, sure. but I also, you know, as a pastor, it's how willing yeah. am I to allow other people's yeah. input. And how bold are they, brave are they to think they can to offer speak it. that input, yeah. I mean, I think the hard part is, I, I remember Dan Allender said that, like, if you're not on my mission, or our mission isn't the same mission, yeah. we're not friends. Yeah. We can be acquaintances, but yeah. we're not friends because I'm going somewhere yeah. and I can't undo where I'm going yeah. in order to accommodate. Like, I'm headed this way. This is where I've been called. If you want to join that and it's your calling too, then we're going to be friends because we're going to sweat it together. Yeah, that's an interesting... Um I mean, that's even a piece of, like, of marriage and stuff like that. Is, yeah. You know, when I've, I've been reading Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage, that's one I work through with couples, and that's a big piece is uh, that you would be working toward the same goals. Like, that's where, where the marriage deepens is when your goals are the same and you're striving that way. Because then I would think, it's, you know, instead of it being like, oh, you're over here doing this and, oh, you're over here doing this, it's like when the one person's over here doing this, well, you want to be there too, because it's. But, but that's that's ideally how it should be. Mm-hmm. But no two people are always going to always be on the same page. Right. I mean, there have got to be days where you and Sue, though you you know you're very much in this together, have a different um, opinion on what that might look like this week, right? Or, yeah, I think sometimes just in what we're feeling stress-wise or pressure-wise. Right. I think, like, you know, one of the things that I I don't take people through, though I recommend they read, is A Severe Mercy by um, Van Aken. I don't know if you've ever read I've that heard book. heard of it. I haven't. It's, 
anything that they talk about in just the context of love is that you end up to, to be truly in love and to create like a barrier around your marriage is to love the thing that the other person is good at better than they love it. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, to to know it and to be so involved in it that they feel utterly enjoyed because you are able to, to be in it with them and understand it. So they're not just telling you about it and you're just listening, but you actually can engage it in a way that's... Um, so when you do that, you lose like this demand that other that the other person come over and do your thing and care about you because you're just pouring yourself out and if they're pouring themselves out you have this cool kind of it's not an easy thing but it's kind of what we started out like trying to be about and what i challenge people to dream about because it's it's, you know it's a very christ-like thing to do to pour out your own self for the sake of someone else it's interesting that's that's hard because i know like i'm thinking about my wife and i and she you know as a nurse she's got very much the scientific brain Mm -hmm. she sees things black and white and formulaic um i've got very much the like more the creative um you know i don't know the like when i stuff like in ministry like I'm always looking below the waterline I'm always thinking about what's going on underneath this um, you know what are the motivations what right. are the, like that's just how I think I mean it's part of it's not just because I'm in ministry part of it's part of why I am because I yeah. that's what I do right and so we'll often find ourselves where uh, you know we'll sit down and be like how was your day and you know well somebody came in with a hemoglobic uh, you know contusion on the right side of the abdomen and then we had to do a you know a double uh, carcinology slicey, slicey, slicey. and slicey, and, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I have no idea." You know? Right, right. Um, and then you know, similarly, like you know, some of the some of the stuff that that I do seem very. Yeah, I don't think she gets it. You know, so you yeah. sit with people. Yeah, and that's work. Yeah. You know, I yeah. like I want to go out to coffee with people. You do that all day. You know, is, yeah. How is that a job? You know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because Rod, you know, he was married to a nurse. Yeah. And, and he talks about the change in his relationship was when he started reading nursing magazines. Yeah. So he would start asking her questions about things that he'd read and started getting into that kind of process. And he said that he had a huge transformation hmm. on their marriage because she finally really felt like, oh, he actually knows something about this now. Yeah. You know. And then I, you know, I think because Sue and I have done it together so much that she gets it, but I think it's hard to understand what a pastor does. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It, totally. It doesn't, like, you, you drink really good coffee? Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, you eat Whiskey Town. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Poor you, right? Yeah, poor you. Um, you could do podcasts with another pastor. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? Yeah. And I don't want to say, and there are, you know, I do love it. Um, but then there's, there's a high relational emotional investment that's always there. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Um, it's, and I think we've talked about this with like woodwork. We, we've had this discussion, right? How like my buddy, the, the pastor in Seattle was making the last podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah. How had, had to make, had to make things out of wood every once in a while because you could actually complete it. And um, 
and yeah, the ministry, the messiness of it, how it never totally resolves, how you meet with somebody for hours and hours and hours and hours, and it doesn't fix things. It, it, there's movement, there's it's good, but you don't get that satisfaction of like the disease was treated and they the patient is healthy, done. Um, which and nothing's quite that simple, but yeah, no, I understand. You know, yeah. Let's do a podcast test, okay? Podcast test. So, I don't know, maybe you're not, I think you're like me, and that you really long for people to say, Andy, like, when you said this, like, it really helped me think about this, this, and this, and change the way I behave or the way I think about life, right? <laughs> my life is different forever. Yes, yeah, we want that. We long for that, right? I can remember in the middle of ministry, I would have these dreams that I would show up to my house after a long day and my church would be there mm-hmm. and they would be like hey Eric we just wanted to let you know this is what you've done in our lives this is what God yeah. has done through you and here's how it's changed us right so here's a podcast test let's put it out to our two churches and say hey like if Andy or Eric has said things to impact you in a way that to draw you towards Jesus let us know tell us oh man so that so- we can experience the loneliness if they don't yeah, and disappointed. <laughs> so you are you are also inviting one of the most uncomfortable things in the world for me because I don't have that dream. Really, you don't have that. You really don't want I, to no, be I, affirmed. I do, I okay. do, but I, it also is extremely uncomfortable for me. Like it, it is so uncomfortable, and that's that's a problem. It is, but like I get I get like the heebie-jeebies when somebody's like that. What you did was so important. Like it. You know, oh, I'd have to unpack that. But like, it's it's to it's a weird thing. I don't know what to say. Like, you know, part of me wants to go like, first of all, like, you have no idea how much to struggle. I struggle to believe the things that I say. Like, so please don't put me on a pedestal. You know, please, please, please. Um, and then there's another there's another element of like, just. Yeah, I don't know. Just like feeling uncomfortable with with, with praise, just an yeah. uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe you could do what like the the football players do when they score a touchdown. Every time somebody gives you a compliment, you can just look up, point in the air. <laughs> yeah, it's all God. It's I all God. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't prepare for that sermon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's, next it's podcast hard. we could sort of unpack that a little bit. Oh man, go for it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm open to it. It's a weird thing. It seriously is like I have to I have to like gear up for like I'm going to let this person thank me and I'm going to celebrate with them. Um like I yeah, it's not that I don't want to. It's like a fear. Like Yeah. Cool. It's weird. Well, so you, you said that you had a body shop thing you got to do. You got to take your car to the body shop. I do. And uh, so I think we should probably end this podcast. There you go. Well, now that it got nice and nice and, nice deep. and perky. Well, we want to leave people with sort of a seriousness. Of, uh, yeah. Pastors are serious people. Yeah, they're serious. We they're are. always thinking about deeper things. We, we try so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just try so hard. <laughs>